0: back to the Foul Balls podcast for June thirteenth, two thousand eighteen, and nine games to talk about on Wednesday. And it's kind of funny because nine games on Wednesday, there was fifteen games on Tuesday. But I kind of feel like there are more options I'm interested in for Wednesday slate than there are for Tuesday slate, even though there's way less games. Uh, and also, if you're like me, Tuesday slate. The, the way it started, I was I have John Gray and Aaron Nola in my pitching combination, almost all my lineups, and it looked like John Gray was just going to get obliterated. Terrible first inning, couldn't throw strikes, gives up a three-run homer to Sean Kingery, and I was kind of writing the night off way too early, and then John Gray bounces back, 10 strikeouts, one of the better value plays on the slate. So sometimes you just have to remember that the— The points after the first inning count just as much as the first inning, but I was not expecting a good John Gray game, and now certainly some of the White Sox stacks look really good. The Dodgers are off to a good start against Cologne, and Nola pitched a great game, Gray pitched a great game, so it should be a good night. But after the first inning, I was ready to turn off the games and say, well, this is going to suck. But not always the case. The games go on. So Wednesday's sleep. We have... At the high end, a few good pitchers here. We've got Garrett Cole, Trevor Bauer, Jose Barrios. And of these three, Garrett Cole is definitely the best pitcher. But I like the spot for Bauer the best. I don't know if he's somebody who I'm going to have overall like a massive amount of exposure to because there are some cheaper pitchers I like also. But if I have the space to go up, I think Bauer makes the most sense. And I think he is a pretty solid play. Against the White Sox, the White Sox have been better against right-handed pitching than they have been against lefties this year, but they're still upside there. They strike out. I've been on the right side of White Sox games the last couple times because I stacked the White Sox on Tuesday and they had a good game, and then Monday I was on Carrasco. He had a good game. So I hope that continues, and I keep getting the sides of these games right. So Trevor Bauer against the offense. Of the White Sox, who are currently 17th in WRC Plus against right-handed pitching, but the strikeout rate a little over 24%. So a lot of upside there, and Bauer, if you look at his game logs, a lot of upside and a lot of floor to him also. He's had at least 23 fantasy points in five consecutive starts. Uh, eight of his last nine starts, he scored at least 22 fantasy points. One of the reasons that he produces so well is he averages more pitches per start than any other pitcher in baseball. He's actually thrown at least 100 in every single start this year. Averages, I think it's around like 108 or something per start. So a lot of a lot of floor and ceiling added to Bauer that you don't necessarily see from the numbers because he's throwing a few more pitches than any other pitcher in baseball, which affords him. You know, just extra opportunities for outs and to accumulate points. So moving down, we have Kenta Maeda at 9,400. I think he's in a pretty favorable spot at home against the Texas Rangers. Another thing also that could be significant here is that Nomar Mazar was scratched from Tuesday night's game with an illness. And he's one of the better hitters against righties on the, in the Rangers lineups. So that would be a boost to Maeda if Mazar isn't able to play. One other thing here, though, is that Maeda is coming off a hip injury and hasn't started in a little bit. He's coming right off the DL. So there's a chance that he has a pitch restriction. That's something we have to pay attention to. Closer to lock, look for the Dodgers beat reporters. Is there a chance that we don't see a full outing for Maeda because if they're going to say, hey, he's capped at 75 pitches or whatever, then I'm not going to have a lot of interest in him at that price tag. But if he's full go, home matchup against the Rangers, I think that he's a good play at 9,400. Moving down, I think two guys who pretty good values for their price. One, Nick Pavetta at 7,500, really favorable matchup against the Rockies who are dead last in the league WRC plus against right-handed pitching. uh, I think a lot of the same things that I said about Nola, we could say to Pavetta, except Nola's obviously been a better pitcher this year, but Pavetta still has been solid and just really favorable matchup against the Rockies who can't hit for shit away from Coors Field. And then we have Luke Weaver at 7,700. Ah, oh, man. it's it's Weaver's a tough one for me. I've rostered him a decent amount this year, and overall it hasn't gone all that well. But still, I, I believe in Luke Weaver overall as being... A solid prospect. He has not had a great season. But another pitcher. Good matchup against the Padres. 83 WRC plus against right-handed pitching. That's 26th in baseball. 25.8% strikeout rate. So that's really high. I prefer Pavetta in this price range. But I still think that Weaver is a viable option who's worth rostering. I'll definitely have more exposure to Pavetta. And then moving down, one other pitcher who uh, another just total crapshoot. Sonny Gray at 6,900. Gray has been all over the place this year. If you look at his last five starts, he has been over 24 fantasy points in three of them and under six fantasy points in the other two. So for Gray, he's going to either pitch really, really well or really, really poorly, and there has not been a lot of in-between for him this year. I think it makes sense to have a small amount of exposure to Gray. I think it has, it also makes sense to have a small amount of exposure to the Nationals offense as a hedge, because I think one of them probably has a big game in the spot, because like I said, when Gray pitches well, he pitches really, really well and scores a lot, a ton of fantasy points. When he pitches poorly, he gets blasted. So we don't know which Sonny Gray is going to show up, but he's priced extremely cheaply. There's a lot of upside for him. There's upside for the Nationals offense. Uh, Great, 6,900. Definitely worth a punt play. Uh, Of all these guys, my favorite pitcher is Nick Pavetta. He's going to be the one I have the most exposure to and then probably spread amongst the other guys. I think this is a, a slate where I'm not really going to be able to narrow down my exposure to one particular offense or pitching combination like we were able to do Tuesday night with the Nola-Grey combo just because I think there's so many more solid options that are in play tonight. Uh, But doesn't necessarily mean that I think it's a bad slate, Uh, just one that probably going to be spread a little thinner than I would typically like. So moving into the offensive options, I already talked about the Nationals. Not a priority play for me, but one that if I'm making 20 lineups, I probably make two or three stacks of just to have some exposure against Sonny Gray because of the upside and then it's kind of the same on the other end where Sonny Gray is probably somebody who have in also like two or three out of 20 lineups Uh, just something I want exposure to both sides because of the upside there Uh, something else that's notable for this slate is the Washington Nationals have not named a starter for Wednesday's game so the Yankees are priced fairly for what they normally are but we don't know who they're going up against. So if it's not a good pitcher that ends up starting for the Nationals, there's a lot of upside for the Yankees offense. If it's a bullpen game maybe, or the Nationals end up starting somebody decent, then a a little less upside for the Yankees, but that's going to be a wait-and-see situation. And if there's somebody crappy on the mound for the Nationals, then I'm going to want some exposure to the Yankees offense. Uh, The offenses that I definitely do like a decent amount, one is going to be the St. Louis Cardinals at home against Eric Lauer. Lauer has struggled this season he's also given up some really big fantasy games Uh, if we look at his box score he actually has three games this year where he scored negative fantasy points he is home run prone he walks a ton of guys he doesn't strike out a ton so this is a spot I think a lot of upside for the Cardinals I like targeting them here also they're not all that expensive so I think that they make sense as value plays, uh, other offenses to look at. I think that the uh, the Indians are going to be pretty popular for this spot against Dylan Covey. They have a pretty favorable Vegas line run in t- implied total as of the night before the game. I, I don't think I'm going to make any full stacks of them. Maybe I would use some of them as plugs, guys like Lindor or... Jose Ramirez when I have extra salary. But I think Kovey is probably a little bit underrated. He was terrible last year. He was one of the worst starters in baseball. He had a 7.71 ERA, a 7.2 FIP. He walked nearly as many guys as he struck out. Uh, totally different pitcher so far this year. He is generating a ton of ground balls. His strikeout rate is way up. His walk rate is down. And he's throwing about a mile and a half per hour harder. So I think that's where a lot of the success for him is coming from. So the Indians, maybe not a full fade for me, but not a a priority play for me, not a team that I want a ton of exposure to. I like the Cardinals better than them. I like the Nationals better. Uh, The Reds, I think that they're in play tomorrow going up against – who who was it? I have the notes in front of me and my computer just closed. Um, Who's starting for – oh, yeah, it was Jason Hamill. So Jason Hamill, uh, another pitcher who – has struggled this year, and the way that he struggles is a lot of fly balls, a lot of home runs, so when he's getting hit, very friendly for the opposing DFS offenses, and oh, is my computer slow today to load all these numbers, here we go, Jason Amell, 5.24 ERA, 4.2 FIP, 4.83 XFIP, uh, about 10% home run to fly ball rate, but a pretty fly ball heavy pitcher, and not a lot of strikeouts, just six per nine innings. So Hamill, not really a good pitcher, and the Reds, I think there's upside in them against him. Also, not a very expensive offense, so we could pretty easily pay up for some pitchers like Bauer and get in some exposure to Cincinnati. On the high end, my favorite offense is the Houston Astros. Paul Blackburn on the other side of the hill, he had... Decent looking numbers in terms of he went six innings and only gave up one run in his first start of the season against the Royals, but it's the Royals who are not really a hard hitting offense, and he still only managed three strikeouts in those six innings, didn't walk anybody. If we look at the numbers for Blackburn last year, 4.38 ERA, 4.7, uh, 4.38 FIP, 4.76 XFIP, only 3.38 strikeouts per nine innings, so that's a really big red flag to me, even if he has done an okay job at limiting runs. Somebody whose strikeout numbers, 3.38 last year, only struck out uh, three in six innings in his first start this year. His minor league numbers were mostly around high fives, low six strikeouts per nine innings. That's a ton of contact to be given up, and the other thing that's really favorable for this matchup is there's expected to be really strong winds blowing out to center field in Oakland. So Oakland is a pitcher's park, but the main reason it's a pitcher's park is because there's so much foul ground there that there's a lot of balls that are hit down the first and third baselines that end up being outs in Oakland that would otherwise be in the stands at other stadiums. There's still a decent amount of home runs that get hit in Oakland, so we're considering the wind I think that it's a pretty favorable spot for the offenses. And Houston's offense now getting healthy. Josh Reddick was on the DL for a while. He's back. Carlos Correo was injured with uh, an oblique injury. He returned to the lineup on Tuesday night. And then Brian McCann was out for a little while. He's back. So now we have the Houston offense, which was the best offense in baseball, finally at full strength. Going against a pitcher who gives up a ton of contact with the wind blowing out. I think this is a good spot to target Houston. I don't think they'll have a ton of ownership. And what are their prices? We've got Altuve's at 5000 and he is the most expensive hitter on the entire roster. So we could go with the top five Houston hitters and then combination of like Weaver and Pavetta stack the Astros pretty easily. And I think that's probably my favorite route to go for the slate in terms of priorities for offenses for me it's going to be Astros one Cardinals two and then Reds three Pavetta is my favorite pitcher and then mix- mixing in Sonny Gray Luke Weaver Kent Maeda if he doesn't have a pitch restriction and Bauer so that is going to wrap up today's podcast you can follow me on Twitter at G Ehrenberg DFS and I'll be back for Thursday's slate